Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It's another episode of the Bunker Boys podcast here on Jack Wagon Sports. Uh, we had an awesome week at the RBC Canadian Open, uh, leading into what's going to be another great week at the U.S. Open, I'm sure. Uh, we talked a lot last week about how we thought the, you know, the live merger news, the PIF fund, essentially buying out the PGA Tour, uh, and how a lot of the headlines might be focused on that all weekend, you know, revolving around Rory and some of these other guys. And on Sunday, Nick Taylor and Tommy Fleetwood stole the show. They put on an absolute, you know, clinic on Sunday, uh, both getting to really good scores, getting into a playoff. Uh, both RBC events this year have been spectacular. Uh, the RBC in Harbortown with the three playoff holes, this goes to four. Um, so, Slade, just your, your thoughts. You got to watch a little bit more than I did just with me traveling this weekend. Just your, your thoughts on the overall tournament and, and especially the playoff on Sunday. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought, like, you had explained the tournament very well, but in terms of the uh, playoff itself, I mean, it was electric. It was just – it started out with – I believe you and Sam were both unable to watch the first hole and uh so i was trying to kind of explain that i mean they, they uh oh crap what's his name um fleetwood yeah yeah. Yeah, he, yeah he hit it into the uh into the thick rough on his first shot and then second shot hits it over by the uh stadium <laughs> and uh I, I thought that he was in a sand bunker at first luckily he's right out of it um and I honestly thought that with him being able to get one of the green with his third shot there, then that he was going to be able to kind of capitalize then, you know, Uh, especially with them moving to the second playoff hall. And then just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then I think it was what 72 foot putt is what ends up going in. Mayhem happens. You have had when trying to, to get over there with some champagne and he gets tackled by a security guard. Uh, it, it was just very, very uh, fun to watch and just electric. What were your thoughts? Because you got to watch the last three playoff holes, correct? Uh, the last two. Or yeah, I got there right as they were finishing up at uh, the, the end of the second. Um, but, I mean, it, just all around, I, I feel like this is a very well-planned-out event. I mean, RBC puts a lot of effort into it. Uh, just as they do in, in Harbor Town, but this one especially because you can tell it means a little bit more to these people. Uh, I love the setup of 14, the par three with the hockey boards around it and the people smacking it as they're teeing off. Um, not quite the atmosphere of the waste management open, but st- it, it's its own unique thing. It's, and I love when golf courses are able to do that in, in tournaments where they bring a unique element to it. And I, I think the RBC Canadian Open does an amazing job of that. Um, and, you know, for the Canadian fans having to wait, it was 69 years for, you know, another Canadian to win it. There was a couple getting into contention there uh, on the weekend, but, you know, Hadwin ends, ends up finishing T12. Um, and Nick Taylor just puts on an amazing final round. It started to look like he might, you know, fumble there at the end. He kind of struggled, makes a huge birdie on 18 to take the outright lead. And then you had Tommy Fleetwood come along, birdie 16 and 17. Uh, to put himself in the position uh, and just kind of struggled off the tee on 18. And that's another thing I, I want to you know talk about here is Fleetwood. Um, you had brought up the point that uh, he teed off the first step. Uh, he put out an iron this time, made it well short. Um, and a lot of people were confused. I thought it was more of a smart play to, up, to, to lay up there and then you're in a little bit more of a better position to attack the team, um, especially, you know, Probably in his head at that point. He also regulation. 
if he hits into the rough and maybe that's not very difficult for him. Here he tried it, so it's in the fairway and they play from there. I didn't hate the idea. The point where I thought he maybe got a little bit in the final playoff hole when he hit into the bunker, and then that's already a layup thanks to the iron. And then he lays up from there to end up both short of the green. I thought from there, with the lie he had, everything looked fine. The announcers thought he was going to go for it. I was going to put another iron. Lays up well short of the green. I, I think in that situation, you can't afford to have back to back layups. And so that's where I, I mean, I really feel like he was in his own head and, and that's what lost him. I think at that point, you're on the fourth playoff while you've been playing well. You know, let, let's go for the green here. Let, let's try and take some momentum away from Taylor. Taylor didn't have an easy lie either. We're talking about he might have been a pitch mark or a divot. Uh, and then he hits a great shot, gets on the screen, and makes that 72. But, um, but just your thoughts on, on David's conservative play. Was it a little bit too conservative or what? I think it was very conservative. I think that him hitting iron instead of a hybrid or would have some sort off of the tee box on all of his plays at 18 was very conservative. I mean, he is still like 270 out sometimes from the hole based on his iron shot from the tee box. I mean, it was, I think 496 yards is the 18th hole. So, I mean, even if he's hitting it uh, 220 or something like that, you know, it's three, whatever, whatever the deal is, um, he, he's still sitting over 200 yards out from the green. I mean, you're not giving yourself a great opportunity to uh, make a little bit more of an easier shot for your approach shot there. And I think that because he had had the approach shot go over on his first time over there by the little part by the bunker and the, uh, the wall where the stadium was connected to it there. Um, I, I think that he kind of scared himself into like, okay, maybe if I just play conservative and don't make him, don't make a, a bad play here, he has to make a mistake. And I mean, if a 72 foot putt doesn't go in, then we get to see that probably play out and then go to another one, you know, but it right. was just, the fact that he did that for three, well, he played that hole four times that day. So they played it for the first playoff hole, the second and the fourth. Right. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, that was his fourth time playing that hole for the day and to, to go conservative four times like that. I mean, I think that it was going to catch up with him eventually. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, off the tee, I'm okay with just because he had played so well from in that intermediate to the short game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think on the fourth hole, when you, you do back-to-back layups like that, in, in a situation when, like, his lie was perfect in that bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, he had to lift that up over the edge a little bit, but, I mean, the way he was hitting the ball, I don't think that was a problem. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, he's got to wait a little bit longer to get his first win. But, I mean, huge shout-out to Nick Taylor and, and playing so well. Uh, you know, he ends the 16 on near job for Canadians at their home open. Uh, so that that's huge. And I think... You know, these are two guys we're going to be hearing more and more of going forward this year. Uh, I think Fleetwood, his first win's got to be coming soon. I mean, <laughs> he's always right there. I think this is a sixth, second-place finish now. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see where both of these guys go, go going forward. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's shift over to the U.S. Open. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy now. Uh, our fantasy league is, is tightening up very quickly. I had a chance to get it. I think the overall lead to six points this past week. Uh, Six or seven points, uh, and I'm, I think I'm 16 or 17 back now. I can't remember exactly, but um, couldn't quite capitalize on everybody else having pretty much the same lineup. And then it came down to Sam and I. I had Fleetwood, and Sam had um, 
or, or yeah, Eric Cole, uh, who finished just outside the top five. So that got me a couple more points. And if Fleetwood would have won, it would have made my my whole day. But that doesn't happen. But still, the race is tightening up between us. I'm just 11 back at you now. Nick's still struggling a little bit, but I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, there's still plenty. There's 12 weeks left now. Uh, so if he's going to make a move, he's going to have to do it soon here. Uh, mm-hmm. but let's go ahead. Let's look at our fantasy lineups for this week uh, at the U.S. Open. Um, first first pickup is, is John Rahm, uh, the master champion. He's still playing very good golf now, even though it seems like it's a little off-brand for him. I know he struggled at the PGA uh, Championship, but he's heading back to California, where he always seems to just play so well, uh, especially in, in these big tournaments. His first major championship was at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Uh, so heading back to California across the street from where he won back in February at the Genesis Open, essentially. Um, so I, I think he's he's going to bring that that excellent play that we would see out of him, and I think he's going to have a great week. Speaking of, of guys that play really well in California is Max Homa. Uh, I, I know the big thing everybody's kind of looking at is he played here in the Pac-12 Championships uh, when he was in college, and he won. Uh, I think this is a completely different course. I know they put a lot of renovations into this. Since then, uh, I mean, there's still going to be some things around the course that obviously are very familiar to him. Uh, but he's kind of started to regain some momentum here after he lost it. Again, I, I feel like at the Genesis Open, he kind of struggled since then, not having the, the finishes that we would expect out of him. Uh, but I think he's he's going to perform really well here in front of his hometown crowd, uh, and I'm expecting big things out of him. I've had him tabbed since uh, pretty much the Genesis Open to be one of the favorites at the U.S. Open. Uh, and so I don't, I don't see any reason to change that now. Matt Fitzpatrick, defending U.S. Open champion. Uh, so, I, again, I, I think there's a lot of expectations on him for this weekend. Um, another thing I'm looking at with him this week is, let me pull it up here. Um, you know, he's had four top 20 finishes in, in his last couple events. Uh, he, he's, a, again, another player that's playing really well here going, you know, the last couple of weeks. And I, I think the U.S. Open, the style of U.S. Open courses just fit his game really well. Uh, and I'm expecting him to be in contention again for another win. Kepka, uh, T2 at the Masters, wins the PGA Championship. Uh, clearly, the live schedule is working out for him. Uh, he's won back-to-back U.S. Opens before. So, again, styles of golf that really fits his game. Uh, and I'm expecting him to play well this week and, and continue that. Victor Hovland, another uh, guy who's just been playing really well lately, finally gets his his win at the Memorial Tournament. Um, and maybe that monkey off his back will help him going forward. Uh, we saw him play so well at the PGA Championship uh, and the Masters as well. So both major championships this year, he's he's looked really good. Uh, so I don't see any reason for him not to look good this week. Uh, and next up is Cam Smith. Hasn't really been outstanding in the majors, uh, but he's been quietly up there on the leaderboards. Uh, he finished T9 at the PGA Championship, uh, and I think he's going to continue getting himself into better and better shape heading into the Open Championship where he has to go defend his title. Uh, so those are the two live guys I'm going to be taking. Uh, I, I think I think this is going to be a great lineup. I think it's going to be a, a tough week. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of guys up on the leaderboard that we aren't expecting, like we had Joel Damon last year. Um, but, Slay, let's go ahead and let's look at your pick. Yeah, so a couple of repeats. Um, I had to go with the three live guys that I expect to use their kind of schedule, like you had mentioned, to uh, their advantage here. Um, being able to kind of train for these specific tournaments and having a couple of weeks where you don't have to play back-to-back-to-back tournaments is really uh, 
an advantage at this point. I mean, we've seen it with Brooks Kepka. Uh, Dustin Johnson has had some good finishes at the the two tournaments he got to play. Uh, so Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, I had to put them on the team. It also saves me picks for some of the FedEx Cup play at the end of the season then. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely went with Victor Hovland. I think that he is very capable of doing like a couple of top fives back to back and then being able to compete right up there for top two finish the week after. So I think that he's a really good pick for this upcoming weekend. John Rahm, because it seems like there's a couple of weeks where Scotty Scheffler uh, takes over number one and then John Rahm comes back and takes takes a tournament win and tries to take it back. You know, uh, it seems like they're going to be the top two dogs at like that top tier. And then there's a couple of guys below them. So it's going to take one of them messing up for, for someone else to be able to win when they're both in these big tournaments like this. Um, And then my last person's Max Homa. Uh, I wasn't going to pick him, but when he was paired, um, who was he paired with to play with um, this week? Let me look here real quick. Uh, He's with Scheffler and Morikawa. Yeah, so yeah, so he had said that uh, it's nice that they put the three look good looking guys together or whatever, and I just thought that was funny. So I figured, ah, uh, yeah, he's he's feeling loose. He's ready to play. Yeah, I, I think the last two weeks off will help him a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and I just talked a lot about the live guys and the ones that we're putting into our lineup this week. Um, we, we've seen Brooks Kepka win the PGA Championship. He looks good at the Masters. Uh, Mickelson looked good at the Masters. Patrick Reed somehow looked good at the Masters. Um, we, we've had all these these live players playing so well. Do you think uh, this will be another strong showing for live at another major championship? You think a live player wins this weekend? Um, I don't. I think that John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler are really going to put up a fight this time. I think that they're both looking. Uh, in terms of John Rahm, I think he was a little. Uh, still not 100% uh, at the last couple tournaments. But I think that him and Scheffler are going out there. I think that they're going to realize that this is not only a chance for them to kind of get out there and score some more FedEx points, get a win, but it's also the PGA's chance to kind of put up or shut up. I mean, if you lose three tournaments that these guys are, the only three tournaments these guys are able to play in, uh, it, it and you're just sold out, um, yeah. it, it starts looking very, very bad for the PGA. I mean, John Rahm has already said that it's been speculated that he was the next person that was, was going to be offered the big check and possibly go over um, before the PGA and live merger. And so, uh, and now he's made comments about how he just thinks they should all be able to play together and whatnot. And so I, I think that one of these two guys, I think is going to be able to get the win this weekend. Uh, it would be very, very disappointing if Phil Mickelson is the one to win, just for everybody involved. Rory, especially. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think a live player is going to win this week. I think they're still going to be in contention. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, major championships just seem to fit Brooks Kepka. Um, but I think overall, I think the PGA is just like you said. I think they're a little bit more determined this week, but that can also lead to them making more mistakes as well. Uh, but I, I think the one thing helping maybe PGA players the most is they're coming off the Memorial Tournament two weeks ago, which basically played the course play like a U.S. Open Championship course does. 
you know, every, every week or every year we hear about, oh my God, the rough is so, so thick. And you look, you, you can barely find your ball when it's just off the fairway. Fairways are really sloped, like you hit a dead center. Next thing you know, you're in the rough. Um, and I really feel like Memorial uh, played very similar. And so I, I think these guys got a nice little tune up two weeks ago, and I think they're ready. Um, so I, I, I think PJ, a PGA player wins again, uh, but I think it's definitely close again. I think Kip is up there fighting for the win, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, just give me a guess. How many, or a prediction, how many live players do you think finish in the top 10 this week? Um, we're going ties count. Yeah, yeah. Like there could be 20 guys tied for top yeah. 10. Okay. Uh, I think three guys in the top 10. I was going to say, I was going to say three or four. I'll go four. Um, I can see somebody dumb like Patrick Reed mm. somehow playing really well and ends up up there. He's high in the power rankings and it was surprising the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead. Let's look at our cash out picks for this week. Um, just two for you. Um, and it's going to be DeChambeau over Justin Thomas. I picked this one. Um, I think Ishimbo plays really well. Again, at this U.S. Open style course, he played really well at the PGA Championship. Justin Thomas, I just I, I don't understand what's going on with him this year. Uh, it, when it seems like he starts to get something figured out, you look at him uh, the next day, he looks horrible. Um, so I think Ishimbo is going to play better than Thomas. In round one, uh, that's minus 110 odds. And the other pick is Tyrrell Hatton to finish top 20. Uh, I don't know how this is plus 120. Uh, the way he played last week, the way he's been playing here lately altogether. I almost put him in my fantasy lineup again, but I think I'm almost out of uses for him. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm expecting him to have another really good showing coming off that, that strong performance where he was you know, up there. He, he put himself in a position to get into a playoff. Um, you know, I was honestly really hoping we had a six-way playoff and the RBC Canadian Open. That would have been really just, cool. Just, just to see how it would work, um, just because I'm curious on how they would do that. Um, but I think he's just playing really good golf right now. So seeing this at plus 120 was surprising to me, and I think it's, it's a great take. Um, so we're going to move over to growing our game. We had the Jack Reagan Sports Cup this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, Slade is still holding on to the trophy. Um, but just out, so since you're the winner, I'll let you talk through it first. Just your thoughts on the, the day overall as a whole, and then kind of any comments you have about your game or my game or, or anything else you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, we all had great parts of uh, the day. I think that Nick came out really great in the the first nine holes, kind of similar to last year. Um, and so I think that he was leading, like going into like the seventh or eighth hole or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I think that we had gotten close to being like tied or something going into the ninth hole. Uh you had like a really big come from behind because at one point I think that you might've been like seven strokes off the lead or something like that. And ended up coming back to what was the difference? One or two strokes at the end. I lost my two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it, it was just really crazy to see uh, you have like a great, like last 13 holes to the day. That was just the first few holes that kind of put you behind Nick started out with like a great seven holes and then he would have a couple of good holes. But um, I think that he would kind of get stuck. Like if he was in a bunker or something like that, that's kind of where it added a few strokes to his. Um, I, I kind of tried to play it um, without my driver. If I didn't need to as much because it, it was necessary. Uh, yeah. It was funny. We went with Chris also another guy that we're friends with and, um, it, it 
I just kept making jokes about how I'm going to three putt every hole and I can hit my drive about a hundred yards straight. And then it's going to make a direct left-hand turn 50 yards into the woods. And that's exactly what it would do. Um, I had one good drive, which was the 18th hole. This is um, the one I needed you not to have. And uh, it, it was just really fun overall. Um, but yeah, I think that putting is still something that I really need to work on speed control, especially. Um, I think I did better than what I expected with my speed control, but it's still, I still had a ton of three putts, which ultimately is something that I could cut a ton of strokes off if I would be able to figure that part of it out. Um, obviously the driving, being able to not slice the ball would be great, but, um, it's, it's easier to work around that than it is putting. You could just down club and, and hit something straight out there and then go from there versus putting the ball 15 yards past the hole and then having to put it like just playing putt around basically. Right. What were your thoughts on the weekend? Um, one, I, that was the best golf I think you and I have played. I mean, me in a long time, but I, I know this was your best round ever, you said. But mm -hmm. I think just in, in the being around other people and it being a competition as well, this is the best I've played. Um, I hit 57% of the fairways. Um, and the ones I the two I really missed, one, I just straight up shanked it. Uh, and the second one I remember missing um, – or missing bad, I should say, was I think eight when we're coming back, and then the, I just hit it too long into the woods. It it, it didn't curve like I thought it would, um, and it, probably the best shot I hit all day, and it just went straight into the woods. Um, and then there was also I think it's four where the water was there, and like it mm -hmm. was like oh that's good, and then it just hit the ground and it skipped over, and I was like oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but other than that, I felt like that's the best I've ever driven the ball. Where I felt like I lost so many strokes, and, and what cost me a lot is. I only hit five five percent greens in regulation according to this. Uh, I think I only hit two, <laughs> um, and a, a lot of that came down to. Let's see, yeah, no, I hit one green. I hit one green in regulation, um, and a, a lot of that came down to I put myself in great position off the tee box and with my approaches. It's just uh, I chipped the ball okay, and you know I was I wasn't duffing my chips. I was getting the ball up. I just was not getting the distance right at all. I was like, okay, you know, don't kill this. Don't smoke it over the green. And I hit it, and it only go about five feet. I'm like, oh, I can hit that harder. And then I go to the next ship, and I'm like, I can hit this harder. And I hit it harder, and I'd smoke it over the back of the green. So um, that's – I feel like if I can do a better job of controlling the distance on my chips, that'll knock a couple strokes off. And then I, I'm in the same boat as you. You know, I need to putt a lot better. Um, you know, 2.4 putts per hole, but I feel like there was a ton of – Three putts. There was a few put, a few four putts in there as well. Um, so if you know, I, everybody talks about how short game is where you you know take a lot of strokes off. I really felt like my short game was okay. I just needed to get the ball in better position off the tee, and you know my approaches and stuff. And, and sure enough, I did that, and I, I still wasn't knocking as many strokes off as I thought I would. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm gonna be practicing a lot of short game here, uh, my, my putting and chipping especially, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we play. I think when we played last August too, um, it was just the three of us, and I feel like we we knew it was a competition, but we we took it as a competition at face value. You know, I like we weren't really talking and joking around and stuff as much as we did this time. Uh, I think having a fourth person there who didn't give a shit what we were doing, you know, helped. Um, and, you know, we're we're talking about our rules. You know, you only get three mulligans. He's like, this is stupid. I was like, Chris, you can take as many mulligans as you want. He's like, ah. Okay, well then, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. 
Um, but that, that just added another element. It was a lot of fun doing that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think we played good, but there's definitely, obviously, shooting, you know, 110 and 112. There's, there's room for improvement, but uh, that, that was the most – it gave me hope for my golf game going forward, I'll say that. And then those giant hot dogs, uh, they got me sick. I didn't really yeah, so how many hot dogs did you eat? I ate three, and then I threw one up. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I'm still blaming it on the fact that I, I ate it and then immediately tried to take a shot of rum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, your, your drive on 18 was still insane to see. Um your mulligan. I, I I just wish I didn't remind you you had a mulligan. Because yeah. um, I would have been interested to see what happened with that. Because, you know, you struggle to get out of that bunker, but my luck, you would have went up there and whacked the next shot onto the green anyway and made it hard. So uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, lo- I look forward to the next one. So Slade uh, is still our champion. Um, moving on to uh, our blind top five for this week. Uh, Slade, you're in charge of it, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about it. Yeah, so I pick golf scenarios. It's kind of like um, you're standing there with this shot. Uh, where would you rank this from one to five in terms of like ideal versus least ideal? Right. Um, just to kind of give an idea. Um, the first one that I went with was you're on a par five and you hit your tee shot and it goes into a wall into the water. So you're already starting with your third shot for your next shot you know um where would you rank that in terms of ideal i mean it is a par five so Mm -hmm. and you're on your third shot but uh this is just in terms of like ideal trying to get par with with these scenarios you know um that's super not ideal especially trying to get par but i don't know i feel like you got some worse coming so i'm gonna put it at four all right um the next one is you're on a par four and your second shot goes into the greenside bunker. I'm going to put that at three because, especially this past weekend, I thought my bunker play was one thing I was, I was most worried about, and somehow I actually played really well. I think I struggled yeah. to get out of one bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll put that at three just because okay. I, I, you're, you're close to the green. I mean, a decent shot, and that'll put you up there, and then you just got to make your putt far, mm-hmm. depending on where the pin is and all this stuff. But I'll put that at three. Okay. Uh, the next one is Meadowbrooks. I think it's hole three. It's an oh, island, God, par three. Yeah. Uh, you're just standing on the tee box. This is the start of the hole, par yeah. three. Um, if you would have asked me three months ago, I would have said five. <laughs> but uh, for some, I, I picked up a few tips off of TikTok, and they seem to be helping my iron play and going a lot straighter. So I'm going to put that at two. Uh, okay. Island Greens don't scare me as much. It's just getting that distance right. Uh, depends on what the win is, but I'll put that at two. Okay. Um, next one is you're on a par four. Uh, your drive off the tee goes into a very thick high rough. I'll put that at five just because one, that's, I mean, that's not going to mm-hmm. be the most ideal. Um, if I could. Go back and switch them. I would put the water at five. The rough would be at four, just because I you could still either you know punch out of it and then maybe you get lucky and you get a good second shot. You get it closer to the green, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll put that at five. And then I kind of should have switched these up because it's a it's a straight three hundred eighty yard par four. Um, 
I figured the sh- that it's completely straight puts a little bit of controversy into it because you have to hit perfect, you have to hit perfect straight shots, you know. But definitely, uh, falls into your number one slot just due to uh, elimination, you know. Yeah. But also, uh, I think that it probably had I asked you at any other point, it might have been one or two, just not knowing what else is coming, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. That, I mean, that would, one it, it has to fall into one, but I think that would be my number one. Looking at everything as well, just because. Yeah. Worst case, I mean, if I, I would, I learned uh, Saturday when we played, like, I, and it's one thing that's been in my head the most is you don't have to, to smoke everything. You're not going to hit every drive 300 yards, you know, or, or plus. I'm fine taking a 250-yard drive or even maybe a little bit less. Just hit it easy. Let's get it onto the fairway. I thought that was my, what what helped my driving the most this week is, you know, one, not slicing it, but two, like, just get it out there. Let's get it down. Um I mean, that's what helped, I think, my, my driver play the most. So, mm-hmm. Knowing what your those five are, how would you rank those for you? Um, so I kind of put them in in terms of, like, how I, I said them. So I would do the straight 380-yard par four as my number one. Yeah. Um, my, the par four drive off the tee goes into thick high rough. I put that at number two okay. just because um, – it's a par four. I would probably just kind of try and chip it out with like a sandwich or something like that, just to get it into the fairway and then go from there. Um, at three, I would go with the par three Island hole, staying on the tee box just because I've played it enough in Meadowbrook to know that it's not that easy. Um, uh, number four, uh, par four shot goes into the green side bunker partially because it almost cost me a tournament win this last weekend. I was in the greenside bunker. <laughs> um, and then at five, par five tee shot goes into the water. Starting on the third shot, it's very difficult for me to hit the ball far compared to both you and Nick with you guys being taller. You guys just have a lot more power. Um, so like with you were saying, like if you have to take a 250-yard drive, you'll do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm happy with the 250-yard drive. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think that uh, – that would have to be my five just because I can't afford to lose any strokes. And that one yeah. already takes it away completely, you know? Right. Yeah. That was, that was a good tough five. Um, but yeah, so that'll wrap up our, our podcast for this week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the U S open this week. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Happy father's day to all the fathers out there as well. Happy father's uh, day to you, George. Yeah. First one. Yep. Little, little buddies over there sleeping right now. So <laughs> appreciate him. Let me get the podcast in so you can head to work. Uh, but we're going to be back next week to break down the U.S. Open. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm also playing around this weekend, so we can talk about that as well. Nice, um, nice. But we'll, we'll have a full show for you guys next week. We hope you come back and join us, and have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.